Hey, everybody. Before we get into today's episode, I want to thank our sponsor, Herbal Active. Herbal Active, U-R-B-A-L-A-C-T-I-V, is a high-performance brand of CBD-infused products specifically developed for those striving to live an active and healthy lifestyle. Their products are infused with 99.5% pure CBD extract. They contain zero THC. Uh, they're completely legal across all 50 states. They offer a number of different products. I know the ones popular amongst the NLU crew are the mints. Tron raves about those. They have a balm, which you can apply directly to sore spots all across your body. And then they have water-soluble drops. I know the guys put that in their morning coffee, maybe uh, an evening tea. Right now, you can check out their website at herbalactive.com, U-R-B-A-L-A-C-T-I-V.com. They have the promo code TRAPDRAW20, which gives you 20% off your order. So check it out right now, herbalactive.com, U-R-B-A-L-A-C-T-I-V.com. Use code TRAPDRAW20, and we thank them for sponsoring the TRAPDRAW. And now on to today's show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Trap Draw Podcast. I am Randy. I am checking in with my favorite LPGA writer, uh, Beth Ann Nichols of Golf Week. You can find all her work at golfweek.com. She's on Twitter at Golf Week Nichols, at Golf Week Nichols. Beth Ann, good morning. How are you today? Good morning. I am well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank, thanks for being back. I love, I always look forward to our, uh, oh gosh, they seem like quarterly check-ins. So I, I appreciate you uh, taking the time today. Absolutely. And, and we finally have, uh, golf has been back now for a little over a month. We finally have some actual golf to talk about. Oh, praise the Lord, right? It was 100, <laughs> I think I've written 166 uh, day break about like 80 times like in every story I refer to it it feels funny because because it was so long 166 days it, it was it seemed never ending yeah yeah I know we talking to some of the players I mean it was it was longer than a typical off season you know so it was even it was weird in that sense and unprecedented I think just because they just weren't used to taking that much time off from competitive golf but, yeah, but, the longest break of their lives, unquestionably. I, yeah, yeah. Well, let's. Uh, I, I think where I ha where I have to start. I think what's been the story thus far of the restart was Sofia Popov's victory over at the Women's Open Championship. Um, and, and I was just hoping. I, I guess my first question: Where, as far as improbable champions, uh, where does she fall on on your list? <laughs> Oh my gosh, extraordinarily high. And you know what's funny about about this whole break is that 
I confess, I paid very little attention to the cactus tour prior to COVID-19. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the cactus tour was the only game in town. And I'm, and I'm seeing, you know, Sophia Popov's name popping up um, frequently on that tour. As, of course, now it seems most people know that she won three times. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I was at the, the first event back at Inverness and, of course, Ann Van Dam has one of the best wings in, in all of golf, I think. And I and I saw her coming toward me, and uh, I, they were walking to the first tee, and I looked at her caddy, and I I literally it was one of those things where she just walked past me, and I swiveled my head around like, wait a second, that's Sophia. Like why <laughs> why is she caddying? And then I'm like, like she just played on the. I'm like, like my brain's like you know moving, like she's playing on the cactus tour. Maybe she's just trying to make some extra money because she's obviously not in the field. No symmetric tour this week. Like, I, you know, just it was just one of those, like, what in the world, you know? And then, then of course, you know, she gets in the field the next week and, you know, using her own full cart. And, and the rest is history. I mean, it's, uh, it's an incredible story. So, and folks that don't know, the Cactus Tour is a women's professional tour out based out in Arizona. And I think maybe specific to Arizona, but um, during... During the time off for the LPGA, that's where I, you know, I don't know if it was a lot of players, but certainly some some bigger name LPGA players. I mean, Carlotta, Carlotta Saganda um, won a tournament Anna out there, Norquist. and Anna Norquist. Um, you know, you, you she mentioned didn't win, but she played. <laughs> yeah, and and I think um, Haley Moore's another name. She she won a tournament out mm-hmm. there in in late March. Um, so. Yeah, to see to see Sophia Popov win three times out there, um, and, and I guess I didn't realize, you know, she only got into the Women's Open because of a top ten the week before uh, at that second at the marathon, the, the second Toledo event. Yeah, so they couldn't fill the field because um, because they didn't have so many players, international players, didn't want to come over to the United States. Um, you know, Asian players and European players because they were just going to stay over there and, and start their seasons with the back-to-back tournament tournaments in Scotland. And so um, so they were well short on the field, and so they, they filled it with Symmetra Tour players, which is how Sophia got in. Of course, after her victory, um, there was, in, in the wake of that, I, I think everybody assumed that she had gained a five-year exemption onto the LPGA Tour, uh, which is typical for an LPGA member who, who wins a major. Instead, because she did not have LPGA status, uh, she is she's on the Symmetra Tour, it's only a one-year exemption. I know uh, right in the wake of that news breaking, I think people – we're, we're up in arms about that. Uh, subsequent to that, Mike Wan released a, a statement. Where, where do you net out? Um, you know, I, I think Mike handled it pretty well. It seemed level-headed, uh, something that they'll address. But I was curious your, your thoughts on, on the issue. So I have a couple of thoughts. You know, I, first of all, I was very disappointed that Sophia wasn't in the next week's event in Arkansas and then also in A&A. Like, I thought she should have been on the charter, you know. Back yeah. to America on 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 Monday and and teeing it up. Um, and I was very disappointed that she's not in in the A and A field. And and that that rationale was that that was so her five year exemption will start in twenty twenty one. And and I really feel like the LPGA needs to capitalize 
and the and the players should be able to capitalize on on being one of the hottest players in golf right now. And you know, in terms of form and and energy surrounding her. And I think that you know the LPGA in this time especially you know needs to 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 capitalize on that momentum. And and I I feel like that needs to happen a lot on the tour. You know, not just in a COVID year, but just in general. Which is why I'd like to see a, the top ten role be in effect, where if you you know you get in the top ten, you're automatically in the next week's event. Uh, especially helping you know you know fresh talent get out on the tour. So so I think that. You know, if you answer your question uh, about the five-year exemption, this has happened several times in the past with non-winners winning majors, and 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 maybe didn't seem as such a big deal because um, they weren't they weren't semester. Like, she was a semester tour member. She's had LPGA status in the past. Um, and it just didn't come to light when when a Soyeon Yu or or Hanako Shibuno, you know, win, wins last year because they and she didn't even take up membership, but because they're you know players coming from different tours where Sophia has been on and off the LPGA for several years and, and was a part of the, of the LPGA family, shall we say, by having semester tour status. And so my thought process is, well, your semester tour status can get you into the marathon, which can then get you into the field for the, for the major championship. Then why can't that then also qualify you for the five-year exemption? Um, I don't know. It's an, it's an after tier in so many ways with COVID and um, it just seems like, uh, you know, changing a policy um, midstream or, you know, or even it, whether that be getting her into the A and A field, especially I feel like um, should have happened. And I, I can respect that we're going to look into the five year thing in the off season. Um, I, I can respect that a little bit more. Personally, I would have. I, I feel like she needs to be in next week. No, no question about it. And and I, I think there's no excuse for that. Personally, <laughs> um, and I I think I, I agree with you in the in the sense that especially the majors, the A and A, um, and the U.S. Open is the other upcoming major in December, which she is currently not in the field for. She will play in the women's um, the KPMG Women's PGA championship mm-hmm. in, in October. Um, I, I, yeah, I, and this is where I have to admit, you know, I think of the ANA more as a invitation, like in the sense of the masters, right. Uh, for, for a PGA mm-hmm. event where, where it's, it's not, it's, it's kind of its own separate thing. It seems like, um, the one that strikes me is the U S open, uh, and, and just thinking, you know, with there being no formal qualifying uh, for the event this year because of obviously COVID, uh, you know, like the USGA, I, I think would have to, <laughs> you have a major champion. Uh, that's the one that's like, oh, come on. You have to find a way or make an exemption to get her into that field um, because it's in the name, right? It, it, the US Open, the, the Women's Open Championship, it should be open to conceivably the any you know, all the best and, and players in, in the world. And she has proven that, uh, winning the, the women's British. So I, I don't know. It's, I, I can certainly see where it's a sticky situation. You don't want to rashly change course mid season. Um, but I do compliment Mike Wan for being, you know, open and forthright and laying it out there publicly for everybody. And I think he, part of his message was, listen, you might not agree with me and, and that's fine. Um, 
so I, I at least appreciate him as as the commissioner and leader of the of the tour to have that transparency. I I, I agree, and and as far as the, the women's open goes, the U.S. women's open, she can still qualify for that through the Rolex rankings and has a very, very strong chance, very, 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 very strong chance of getting in through that, through that spot, through that way. Um, but I would have liked to have seen the, the USGA go ahead and give her a special exemption now just to remove a, I think it would have been great from a publicity standpoint. Um, and B just to remove all doubt of any flukish thing happening that would keep her out of the field. So there's still, there's still, and obviously she can play her way by, by top finishes or other tournaments that she'll be in um, throughout the rest of the season that she can also other ways to play her way into the U.S. Women's Open. Um, so, so it's not, you know, impossible by any stretch. In fact, it's probable that she will be there off the Rolex rankings. But I still think that with so many weird things that can happen now, um, with tournaments being canceled and, you know, just all, in, you know, in this crazy COVID year, I think it would have been a good, a good play by the USGA to go ahead and, and give her an exemption because I, I think she deserves it. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and thank, I, I did not realize that there are still avenues to get into the U S women's open, um, through Rolex rankings. And, and I will say she's Sophia's 24th. Currently she jumped. It's amazing. She jumped what? 280 spots, uh, in, in one week. Yeah. Winning that, that's what a major championship will do for you. Um, so that, that is good to hear at least the last thing I wanted to ask you on the, on the women's British, uh, or, or the women's open championship. I, I don't want the, uh, <laughs> the folks over there coming at me. Uh, the RNA announced the next five stops for the women's open. And it's a wonderful lineup, and I think the the one that catches everybody's eye and, and the main story is in 2022, the women will be playing at Muirfield for the first time. Can I was hoping you could talk about why this is such a big deal for women's golf. Absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it was only, only last year that they announced the first members, female members uh, for Muirfield. So, um, you know, it's it is considered to be one of the purest tests in all of golf. And so it's very similar to, to the women being able to finally compete on Augusta national. Obviously it's not, it's not a major championship. It's an, it's an amateur championship and it's only one round, but it still feels, you know, similar in that respect that, that finally there's, there's a, there's a breakthrough moment here. Um, and, and, and I think the RNA has done a fabulous job in, including so many, you know, traditional open courses and the men's rota, you know, in, in, in the women's lineup, I think, you know, at Carnoustie next year, what, what a fabulous thing to say at the end of, of the first uh, time the women have played Royal Troon to then, you know, say, see you at Carnoustie next year. You know, it just, it just adds that extra momentum of wanting people to come back to the product because they, they tuned in, they saw a Cinderella story and Sophia Sophia pop off at an incredible venue. You know the, the elements early on in the week were were a tremendous test. It was brutal at times, yeah. you know. And then and then on the weekend they had they had a chance thanks to Mother Nature to 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 show off. And 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 I thought the RNA also set up the course brilliantly. You know with with the varying conditions. So so you yeah, you know these stages are so important because people tune in. They tune in to, to, to see 
the golf course in so many instances, you know, they're like, Oh, I, you know, I, I mean, let's face it. How excited are we to see Augusta national, you know, in, in a different time of year, you know, I mean, I, I can't wait to see what, what it looks like. And, and, I, and, you know, I just think that for, for a respect level, um, you know, the women deserve that they deserve to, to be on the same stages that the men play. And, and it just really, it just, it, it just really adds, I think, something you can't even quantify really um, in terms of how much it really boosts the women's game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing I would add, I, I agree with all of that. And I, I think between last year, uh, Hanaka Shibuno winning uh, and, and her fairy tale story, Sophia Popov winning this year, uh, like honestly, the women's open championship is quickly becoming the, the must see women's event each year. And, and now that they'll be taking it, to more of these world-class uh, courses that you know we've seen the men compete on uh, for years, it's it's just going to get that much better. So I, yeah, I, count me among those who who absolutely cannot wait uh, to to watch these over the over the coming years. And they boosted the perks forty percent. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Good on them. Hey guys, Randy here again. Sorry to interrupt today's episode, but I want to thank our other sponsor. Pinehurst Golf Resort, Pinehurst, North Carolina, home to, of course, the world-famous number two golf course, the recently renovated number four. Gil Hans uh, did a wonderful job on that. They have Thistledew, the wonderful putting course, the Cradle, which I mistakenly thought was 900 acres. It's, in fact, uh, just 900 yards, maybe the most fun 900 yards in all of golf. And they have a number of different uh, bars, restaurants, hotels, so if you're looking to plan a late summer, fall getaway, uh, I can't recommend Pinehurst Golf Resort enough. Heading into the late October, early November timeframe, that's when we did Tourist Sauce last year. You can check it out. The weather was magnificent. Uh, it, it gets warm enough with the sun during the day and then cools off nicely at, at night and in the mornings. Uh, the humidity's low. It's just a wonderful part of the country to be that time of year. So Pinehurst Golf Resort, we thank them very much for sponsoring this episode of The Trap Draw. And now back to my conversation with Beth Ann Nichols. Hey. Let me switching gears a little bit. Uh, I wanted to ask you about... There is a sizable contingent of Korean players, and specifically, I, I believe, five of the current top 15 players in the world, um, Jin Young-ko included, world number one, who are not competing on the LPGA Tour right now. They're, they're over in Korea. Is there any update or word on if, when they'll be back uh, competing stateside? Have, have you heard anything, or, or what's the latest there? Well, we saw Se Young Kim um, compete uh, last week in Arkansas, and she will be in the field at A and A, and and as will, according to the entry list, um, Sung Young Park. <laughs> so we'll see her compete for the first time next week. Uh, so far, it looks like um, you know Jin Young Ko is still a question mark. Um, you know, I think I, I think it's possible that you know we might see Six come back later on in the year to defend her title at the U.S. Women's Open, um, maybe play, um, play some of the late events. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those situations where, you know, you say you, you, know, you can't really blame them. Everybody just kind of makes the decision that they feel 
the most comfortable with. And, uh, and, and interestingly enough, Jen Young-Ko hadn't competed on the LPGA at all prior to the COVID shutdown. So she was already having a late start. Um, so she hasn't competed um, on this tour at all in 2020. So honestly, at this point, it wouldn't surprise me if she just sat the whole year out. Um, you know, they have, they have a strong tour in Korea. They have, you know, a great opportunity to still, um, you know, fulfill sponsorship obligations and, and, you know, be on television and, and have an, an easy commute for the, <laughs> for the most part uh, yeah. uh, to tournaments. So, um, and it, and it's, you know, they've done a commendable job with COVID-19, um, you know, early on, especially. Uh, and so, you know, it, it, it makes sense that, that they would, you know, in, in some instances decide to stay in Korea. And, and I, and I think it's giving, you know, some other players a tremendous opportunity. Are, are there any players, big name players, especially that might be in danger of losing status on the LPGA? I, I don't actually, because the tour, um, you know, they, they froze status. So you're, you're good to go for next year. Gotcha. Uh, you can't, okay. can't, can't lose status. And, and the Rolex rankings are such that if you, if you don't play, it's, it's not going to hurt you. So it's, um, you know, they, they've really made it. I, I really commend the LPGA for making it such that, you know, in that instance, you, you can't be hurt because, you know, the, the, the Olympics are a big deal, you know, and, and, and it's a, it's the toughest thing in golf is to qualify for the Olympics on the Korean team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, it was important to, to safeguard all those measures, uh, for those players, especially, um, because it's so competitive and, and it's so important to them to, to want to be able to, to compete in Japan, hopefully, you know, fingers crossed in, in 2021. So, um, so yeah, I think it, I think they've done a great job with that, and um, and 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 I and I love that Indies over here um, competing, and um, gosh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if Indy was the one that jumped into Poppy's Pond for the warm water dip next week. Um, you know, I think I just my mind just went to her because of the Olympics, <laughs> but but watching what what Indy did at the Olympics, you know, four years ago you know, has, has inspired, you know, so many of the Korean players to want to follow in her footsteps. So it's extremely important. And I know you said, I, I think she feels good about her putter. And I remember reading it. Uh, I think it was a tweet by you that essentially said, you know, when, when MB's putting comes around, watch out. She, she can, she can win any tournament she plays in. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when NB's confident about the putter, I've already written her name in for a major year. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just, I'm just going to go ahead and, and, and pin it in. And I and 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 the A and A, you know, it's interesting. They've um, they've taken out like hundred eucalyptus trees, and they've they've trimmed every other tree on property. They've done um, tremendous renovation um, in 2020, and and the result of that is that it's going to look different. It's going to look more open at the Dinosaur Tournament course because of because they've done all this trimming and removing. But, but the sunlight and the time of year means the, the rough could be really thick. And so I think, um, you know, there's going to, while it's going to look like you have more openings than you had before pulling it off, you know, depending on how exactly how tough they want to, you know, make the rough, it, it, you know, it could be really penalizing even more so to Mr. Fairways, which is why I like MB even more. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, well, that's that's good to know for any folks that might be, you know, in a in a pool or, or looking to make a wager. Uh, <laughs> I, I I wanted to ask you, somebody who has taken advantage of the restart, uh, she won both events in Toledo, and I thought mm-hmm. is Danielle Kang. I, I thought the LPGA mm-hmm. Drive On, uh, which they played at Inverness, had the look and feel of a major. Uh, and I see Danielle's now up to number two in the Rolex rankings, I believe her her highest ranking it seems to me mm-hmm. she is somebody who you know looking the rest of the year uh, especially at these these majors really has the the chance to have a a, a special year and, and kind of assert herself as you know I, she's been one of the the best in the world but I, I think she can really uh, make that claim potentially uh, the rest of the way no no question about it you know um, Danielle used this unprecedented break. Uh, to, to, to really work hard. I mean, she spent a lot of time with, with her coach, Butch Harmon, and, uh, and, and she put in the time, and, and she came out, you know, raring to go. And, and the two wins, as you, as you said, you know, Inverness, major championship, difficult conditions, and then the next week at, you know, at, at a, you know, a very low-scoring affair at Marathon uh, to, to win, in, you know, two totally different fields for those two tournaments. And to win those back to back, I think, you know, just just says a lot about about Danielle's confidence in her game, and 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 really what's going on, you know, in between the ears as well, because, you know, she she's been pretty hard on herself. That's kind of what, you know, we know about Danielle Kang, and and, uh, and I think she's really she's really worked hard on on accepting things uh, on the golf course better, and 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 that we saw that actually coming, you know come to life at the Scottish Open the next week uh, because Lynx hasn't traditionally been her thing. So, you know, watching her battle throughout that week and, and being more forgiving of herself and forgiving of the, the, the bad bounces, um, you know, I think really shows a tremendous amount of growth. And, and that's what we're seeing um, from Danielle. And, and, and I think that that, as you say, um, you know, could lead to an extraordinary year for her. Mentioning the the win at the Marathon Classic, I think we also have to mention Lydia Ko. And mm. unfortunately, as for her final round, uh, cemented by that double bogey on 18 to essentially lose the tournament. We, and I say we, kind of internally here at, at No Laying Up, we've kind of drawn the comparison of Lydia with Jordan Spieth right now, right? Uh, two, mm-hmm. two people who've had enormous success, um, Still very young, obviously, but just they seem to have a, a, some recurring issues on the weekend and and closing events. What do you make of Lydia's game right now? Are you more optimistic about it, or net net, are are you somewhat still worried? So what happened on the last pole at Marathon was you know was jarring. Uh, you know, she, she looked so indecisive and, and out of sorts. And, um, it was just, it was bizarre, but I also would give, I give her a cutter some slack because it's been so long since she's been in that position. And, um, and of course no one, you know, says the right things and handles it with more grace than Lydia Ko. but there's, there's definitely some, no question. There's, there's turmoil there. Um, you know, from the neck up and I, and I, but, but I, I love, I love what she looks like. <laughs> I mean, and I, I mean to say she looks like an athlete. She looks, you know, like she's, you know, 
she, she, she's her, her, she's put on a lot of muscle, not like, not to Bryson standards, but, <laughs> but she's, you know, she's really, I feel like she's working on the right thing. I guess we could put it that way. And, and, and I think that Sean Foley, um, in the time that I've, I've spent talking to Sean Foley, I usually walk away feeling pretty motivated. I, you know, and I'm usually thinking about something too, cause he kind of goes off on tangents a lot and, and, and we're, we go down a rabbit hole, but it's usually a pretty darn interesting rabbit hole. And, and I, I think that, I, I, I don't know. I think this, this fresh perspective, um, uh, of, of Sean really wanting her to look at old videos and, and, and connect with old Lydia. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I, I love that. You know, I love that approach. I and mean, we all loved old Lydia, right? And it looked like old Lydia could do no wrong. Um, what? six years ago. So, you know, I think, I think when we, when we look at, 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 at maybe the direction that Sean's going with her from what she's telling us and, and, and knowing how, um, how he's so much about the neck up, which I think is what, what I think most needed to be addressed. Um, I, I really like this for Lydia. This change. I mean, she's had so many changes, which is part of the problem. But I have—I really like this one, <laughs> so um, so I'm optimistic. That was a long-winded way to answer your question, but um, you know, Jordan hasn't changed a lot. Um, Lydia has changed almost everything, you know, five times over. But but I feel like in in this instance, she, she's on the right track. Well, that's good to hear. I think she's she's a name and just somebody that I, I naturally root for, and I always think the the women's game is. When Lydia goes on top of her game, I think it just makes the women's game that much better. So, um, yeah. Amen. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, somebody else, if you don't mind, I kind of just want to ask you about a, a few more uh, individuals. There's a, a guy I talked to on Twitter some. He uh, caddies across men's and women's golf, uh, but he caddied a couple weeks uh, during the restart in Toledo. Kevin MacArthur, I hope he doesn't mind me uh, using his name here, but he, he said something really interesting on Twitter, essentially that, you know, seeing Maria Fossey over a couple weeks, she's going to win all the money here sooner than later. Um, and I thought that was really interesting because I, I think she is somebody with enormous expectations. I think she is somebody who her swing and her power are, I mean, they, they just leap out at you. I, I think any casual viewer can see that. Uh, but she's still trying to put to put together the pieces and and learn how to win out on the LPGA tour. So this is my long winded question: uh, Are expectations too high for her? Are they unfair? What what do you make of Maria Fossey's game? And I, I think the seeming need to you know find a little bit more consistency uh, round to round on the LPGA. Yeah, I I think she has had. Um she's still learning how to harness that power and, and, you know, taking driver out of the bag. Um, I was on vacation last week, so I didn't, I didn't catch too much of Arkansas, but I did see that she said that she was going to take driver out of the bag and, and she had a strong finish at Arkansas. I think that course strategy, (laughs) uh, I think is, is extremely important, um, for Maria. And she's, Last year, you know, she turned pro in the middle of the year, so she's still getting used to, uh, you know, a lot of the venues, and um, and it'll it'll take her some time to, uh, I think, get comfortable in that regard and figure out, um, you know, 
where she can be aggressive and which, which courses, you know, suit her best when it's time to, you know, figure out her schedule and, and so forth and, and, and getting a caddy, um, you know, that, that she feels good about um, for, for long term will be important because I really think somebody that can help her, um, you know, maybe take her foot off the gas in important times is, is going to be crucial for her. Um, you know, I think the sky, we, we have the sky's the limit mentality for Maria and this expectation for Maria, not just because of how she hits the golf ball, but because of how she um, carries herself and, and in every regard and that she, she wants, she embraces stardom and that, such an important element because so many people have this talent and have the success, but they don't want that spotlight. And so sometimes they self-sabotage because of it. You know, they don't want all the interview requests or the, you know, the attention they, you know, they, they don't want that. And, and what we saw at Augusta national was, um, you know, a woman poised for it and hungry for it uh, in the best possible way. Uh, and so I think, I think that's why we have such, you know, expectations for this total package i just think it's going to take her a while to 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 figure it out at this next level and but when she does uh i i do think she's she's a a top five player in the world no question about it Hmm. i i think that's really interesting what you said there about you know some people just maybe even subconsciously don't want that spotlight and and everything that comes with uh, you know being one of the best in the game. I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. Uh, is there anybody who who else would you put alongside Maria Fossey in terms of you know up and coming? Maybe hasn't broken through yet, winning. But you know, gosh, when when you watch them play, you can envision a, a top five, top ten type player who you know may snag a major or two even down the line. You know, I mean, I, I have had such high regard for Kristen Gilman of late. Um, you know, she is just, she, she played, that's another player I, I'm, I'm going to have my eye on at the, at the A&A talk in their last year. Um, but, you know, Kristen just kind of has this sort of unflappable way about her, the way she goes about her business on the golf course. And um, just, there's nothing flashy, you know, but, but she, she, Gosh, when she's on, she's on, and 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 I I I think she's again another player who who last year had hadn't finished hadn't finished school yet, so she was she was finishing her classes at Auburn while she was competing on the LPGA for the first half of the season, and so we haven't seen her fully concentrating on the tour for a year yet. We haven't seen that, and so. I'm really interested to see when, when she kind of gets it going, so to speak, um, you know, what, what kind of player she could be, because I definitely think she can win, she can win major championships and, uh, and, and be, you know, a, a, a Solheim cup, uh, stalwart for, for years and years to come. That, that, that's what I, I see out of Kristen Gilman, but a totally different person and the way she goes about her business than Maria Foxy in terms of, star power and, and head turner and, and all those things. Kristen's going to go about it in a much, a much, a much quieter way. <laughs> gotcha. Um, would, would I, just because I, I think they, she, she was a rookie last year. So I kind of naturally associate her with, 
with Maria Fossey and even Kristen Gilman, uh, Jennifer Cupcho, is she another mm-hmm. one? What, what, how would you assess her? You know, if you were uh, playing prognosticator, what's what's your outlook for her? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I was I was kind of surprised. You know, um, I don't. I, I she didn't didn't do so hot here recently. But um, I know it's kind of what, what's going on with Jennifer Cupcho. Um, and, and I wasn't over there, so I can't tell you. <laughs> but um, but I, I, I definitely think, um, you know, Jennifer Cupcho had, you know, certainly has the talent and, and she's not afraid. I think that's what I look, um, when I think about Jennifer Cupcho most, you know, she's, she's not afraid to, of the big moment. And, and I, you know, we, we've seen her have, a tough finish at the NCAAs and bounce back from that the next year and win it. And I think it's that, that bounce back tenacity that she has that is going to, 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 to make have staying power out here on the LPGA for a long time and, and be, be a, a top American player for a long time. And, and when she played against the men at the Colorado open, I love that played alongside her brother, you know, from the same piece. I think she missed the cut by one, um, and, and, you know, I, and, and she, she wanted, you know, she knew that would get publicity and that, 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 that would inspire some, some young girls. And so she, she went for it, you know, and, uh, of course this was after she won, won the women's <laughs> Colorado open, uh, earlier in the summer. So, uh, so yeah, I think she definitely, um, has, has what it takes to, to, to win a lot on the LPGA. Uh, can I ask the, the other person I wanted to ask you specifically about was, um, Nellie Corda. And the, the only reason I want to is one, it seems like, you know, just purely looking at her results, these, these last four or five weeks, she seems to be trending in, in a pretty good direction. And with an eye towards three majors remaining the rest of this year, I think mm-hmm. she's somebody that is in a great spot spot a potentially great spot where it seems like man if if she's gonna finally break through on on the major stage fields might be missing a one two three of these top korean players it it seems like gosh she's got a great chance ahead of her the rest of this year to to really break through and i know in the past you've said you know she, she could potentially be a face of the lpga tour kind of the next big american star Absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the Corda family is extraordinary, uh, as a collection <laughs> and, and, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, the, the Sebastian of course is just competing at the U S open in tennis, um, their younger brother. So, so the, so Nellie, you know, when you add the whole family story, you know, that's what makes her so, so unique on a whole different level in terms of, of random sports fans who don't generally follow the LPGA you know, might tune in, you know, because, well, wow, I've heard about this, this extraordinary sister act and, and, and one of them is, you know, number one. And, and, and Nellie, you know, is, she has a different personality than Jess and, and, and is the most competitive of the court of siblings and just has this edge to her that, um, that I think is, is what can get her, um, can get her to the top, you know, faster than, than her sister. Obviously she, um, she's been as high as number two. Uh, so, so Nelly, I, I think you're right. She can certainly capitalize on, on having some missing faces, uh, in these next few, few big events. And, and, you know, she has followed her sister, um, many years, uh, playing and as, as a youngster watching Jeff play, 
uh, at, at the ANA, she's, you know, she's extremely familiar with it without having actually played in that many <laughs> those events herself. So, so she's another one to certainly, um, look, look for next week. And, uh, and I think, I think Danielle too might've taken a little bit of the spotlight off of Nellie for a little bit. And who knows, maybe mm-hmm. that kind of frees her up a little bit to, uh, she, she's not, you know, carrying that American burden, so to speak, you know, by herself and, and, and maybe, maybe that frees her up to, to go out and, and, and take one of these major championships. So I lied before. I want to ask you about one more person. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Lexi? No. <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly it. And and I want to ask you is obviously the cameras caught her, you know, kind of swiping her away some grass at the women's open. Um, she had a discussion with the rules official afterwards. It was determined, you know, she did not improve her lie. The grass returned to its natural position. It, mm-hmm. it, it kind of blew up it, it, to you. Is it, was that a big deal, or is it just a matter of you know, hey, it looked kind of bad, but you know, not nothing to see here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say say first that I haven't talked to Lexi, so this is just purely my opinion. Okay. Um, Lexi did not play in Arkansas. She pulled out. Uh, I I think it's a big deal because whether or not you think that Lexi should have you know, should have been penalized in that situation. It certainly opened up an old wound. It had to, right? There were people talking about once again, did she cheat? And, and so now we're going to the ANA inspiration and the chatter about Lexi. I mean, until Popov won, even, even with, even so that the traffic on my four paragraph story about Lexi not getting penalized <laughs> was enormous compared to Popov winning. I mean, that's what everybody was talking about and curious about. And so it's hard as a player not to see that. And, and, and Lexi, you know, has had issues where she's gone off of social media. You know, she's, the, the comments have, have bothered her to the extent, you know, that, that she's taken a break. You know, I mean, so she's, she sees this stuff and it hurts. And, and whether or not she's right or wrong in that instance, if she got away with something or if there was nothing to see here, Whatever the case, people are, are, are questioning whether or not she cheated. And I think that that, I don't see how that doesn't bother her, you know? And, and because it's, as I said, because of what happened previously at A&A and that, you know, the, the course, that changed the direction of her career. There's no question about it. Were you surprised to see her do what she did? I, I mean, should, should she know better or is that irregardless of what other people think, you know, you, you played golf in college, you've, you've covered the game now for years. Is, is this something that should she know better? Well, it sure looked weird, didn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, like, it, like, it did. Is like, what is, what is she doing? You know? Um, and I, and I guess like, you know, I didn't, I, I, I didn't see that high death version. I, I, and, and we didn't hear her explanation, you know, which I personally wish she had, you know, spoken in the media, released a statement, you know, something, put something on Twitter about, you know, what she was doing, um, whatever she told the rules official <laughs> uh, about her intent in that situation. I, I would have liked to have, to have heard that. And I, I kind of thought she would do that on Twitter uh, or on Instagram, excuse me. Um, but, you know, so, so instead we're kind of, you know, keep, that leads people to their own, theories of, of 
what was going on in that in that moment. And so, yeah, it it it, it, it looked it looked strange. And and so I think that's why you had so many people, you know, questioning it. Switching gears, my last LPGA-related question for you. Taking the restart in totality here, uh, how, how does Beth Ann Nichols grade what the LPGA has been able to do? A. I'm, I'm giving them an A. Um, you know, I think there, there have been a few, a few things I would like to see changed, um, you know, especially in regard to false positives for your caddy and, you know, the length of the quarantine, you know, I think, I think there are still some things that they could, they could tweak. Uh, but in terms of, of the, of the venues, of the, the being able to, to only host two tournaments in America before going overseas for two weeks, I think is remarkable, mm-hmm. uh, that, that they were able to pull that off. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I, and, and to put that drive on tournament together in such a short amount of time, uh, isn't was another extraordinary effort by the LPGA, and it and it and it looked fantastic on TV. So, I think you know I I, I give them an A. I would have given them an A plus if they'd fixed pop ups mess, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I I really think that I mean, gosh, I mean, I don't think you could have really asked for a better start. I I, I agree with you, and I we've mentioned it elsewhere that that Inverness tournament um and and props to aig for for helping uh make that a reality it just I, i'm so looking forward to of course the na uh but then they go to aronimink uh a, a nice classic course and i say that with with inverness the women's open being at royal troon it just seems like there is a opportunity and really a market for the women's game uh, and I know it takes two to, to tango, if you will, uh, to get to some of these classic, great golf courses, uh, and, and they just make for fantastic viewing experiences. Um, so I, I'm hopeful going forward, you know, they can keep a, obviously the Solheim Cup will be at Inverness next year, uh, fingers crossed, I guess. But man, if, if they can find a way to, to get to some of these classic, great golf courses, it, it's just going to make the, the women's game that much better. Uh, I, I absolutely agree. The courses that that are, you know, too short now for the men, um, put put the women on them and let let them shine. I mean, that are courses that are still, you know, household names. And and I will say uh, one one thing that I just thought of that I would I would I would also take a mark off and then add it back. <laughs> I'll take a mark off for the slow play that was oh my gosh brutal. Cottage <laughs> <laughs> open. But then yeah. I add the mark back because Stacey Lewis redeemed it all by winning her first tournament as a mom, and that was a that was a great story. And she was the one that had to suffer through the slow play all weekend long. So so that helped negate it. But oh my gosh! And then they but they played faster at, at the at the women's British. So you know so again you know I give them the mark back. But uh, but boy, that was the one thing that you know let 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 let's dish out some strokes. <laughs> yeah yeah not LPGA related, but has been played in the last couple months is the U S women's am what I, I know you were tuned into that. What, what did you make of that? Uh, specifically that final between Rose Zhang and Gabby Ruffles. Well, I thought, I, I thought it was riveting and I, and I especially love the fact that, you know, it was going on at the same time as the LPGA. You could kind of get the double dose of women's golf there. 
uh, with, with two former women's Dam champions and Lydia and Danielle, uh, you know, com- competing for an LPGA title as, as, as Gabby tries to go for her, her second consecutive, um, women's Dam title ma- matching Danielle Kang. So, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was riveting. Uh, there was a, a putt that Rose, um, gave Gabby that I about fell out of my chair. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh, you just gave her a three footer. And then ultimately it was a short putt that, that Gabby uh, missed that, that, um, that cost her for that was a, just a heartbreaker. Oh my gosh. In slow motion, that putt goes in the hole and comes back out and it's just gutting. But, but, you know, I think it was, it, it was a fantastic display. I had friends that don't ever watch male friends who don't ever watch, you know, women's amateur golf. Um, that's, you know, very little LPGA. Uh, say to tell me, text me and tell me, <laughs> tell me how, how fantastic that was, which, which of course, um, made my heart smile. But, you know, I think we'll see both of those players next week. I, I'm going to plug the A&A again. Both of them will be competing, um, on sponsor exemptions next week in the A&A inspiration. And so, uh, Rose Zhang actually has a, a great history at that event. So, um, so that'll be an added bonus, I think, for, for fans who, who enjoyed that finale. And, and it'll be really interesting to see if Rose Zhang actually makes it to Stanford or if she, you know, goes ahead and, and turns pro at some point after this. Well, awesome. That's, that's a, that's a wonderful way, I think, to end it. I will let listeners know the, the ANA begins September 10th. It's being played out at Rancho Mirage, California. It's one of the LPGA majors and um, should should be a, a, a great event. So, Beth Ann, thank you so much. I so enjoy our uh, our periodic check-ins. It's, it's always wonderful to talk to you. And, uh, yeah, thanks for taking the time. Likewise. Look forward to seeing you soon. Nice is the spot for that track draw.